Welcome back to the place of dance. Here we are at the last day of part three collaborating. We are on day 24 titled performing. Yes, I love the theater and spent many years on stage as a dancer, actor, or choreographer. And of course, as we read today's text, we can see that it is geared towards the relationship between performer and audience. Yet I would say that if we just have a perspective shift, we can take all that we are reading today and really use it towards our purposes as yoga and meditation instructors, as therapists, as counselors, as people who are just trying to support others with what we do. You know, even Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage and we are but the players. And when we look at what we are going to read from that perspective, we can take verbiage in the text such as performance, performer, on stage, and replace it with words like teaching, teacher, in the classroom, in the studio, counselor, in a counseling session, therapist, in a therapy session, and really be able to grasp the truth of what is being shared here. So let's go ahead and do that. Starting with the quote on page 181 that says, The great gift of an audience is that they require something of you. So again, constantly looking at this in our light now of the gift of this person or group of people that we are trying to support is that they require something of us. Fascinating. It goes on to say the performance invokes transformation. You have the support of light, sound, and the audience's attention. Of course, we may not be on a professional stage with lighting and sound, but we do have those elements around us when we're working, and certainly we have the attention of our audience, our student or students, our client that we're working with. And even when none of that is present, remember, we always have an audience of one, our source of everything that we do, our triune God, right? So it goes on to say that the whole of performing is a gift, a prayer, and grace, like insight. You can't will it, but you can hold the intention. Logging the hours and commitment necessary to be a performer, a teacher, a therapist, a counselor is another step, another stage in dancing, in this dance we call life, this performance of life. Some people are drawn to the performative dimension and others are not. All relationships to movement investigation are necessary, though, and useful in the world. There's no hierarchy, but there is distinction. Another quote says, we are only as interested in you as you are in yourself. 
so profound to keep in mind when you're going into a session as a teacher or a therapist or counselor. Are you paying attention to yourself so that you can pay close attention to those you are trying to support? Take responsibility for yourself and attend to practicalities, it goes on to say. Honor the body so you can be resilient and present on stage, in your class, in your session. Eat well. Have an appropriate meal about three hours before your rehearsal or performance so food can be out of the stomach and moving through the intestines where it fuels the body. This allows maximum blood flow for brain and muscles. Not just per, for performers again, for all of us to think about, even our routines of the day and our pre-routines before we get ready to teach a class or to um, be involved in a session with a client. What are we doing so that we are in an optimum state of being able to support them? Monitor your rest, noticing levels of exhaustion so you can build toward performance rather than peak and crash before your audience evens arrives. How many times have you gone into teaching a class or being with a client and you yourself are exhausted? Well, of course, then you're not able to give and pour out into them like you would if you were well rested. Sometimes it goes on to say even a short 20-minute nap taken a few hours before rehearsal or your performance, your session, can refresh your energy levels and dilute tendencies towards stage fright. And of course, assume nothing. When you arrive at the theater, when you arrive at your studio or your office space, attend to specifics right away so you can move on to more focused work. Create your own sequence of events, whether it's checking the temperature, checking the lighting, checking the music in the background, checking if you want to have scents from um, essential oils or candles or whatnot. Iyengar has something to say that's included in this day. He says, when you extend and expand, you are not only stretching to, you are also stretching from, extending outward and penetrating inward. How interesting to think about that. Not from something we teach our students, but something we as the teachers also need to attend to. The day goes on to say personal warm-up is idiosyncratic. Begin by establishing inner connection. Know your own habits. Stay sourced inwardly. To do this, think about this. What parts need special attention? Which energy pathways or chakras require opening? How do you get the mind-body fully present in the moment? Attending to performance habits involves relaxing unnecessarily tight places, such as tension in the hips or the jaw. Take time to rest on the floor, releasing your weight throughout your structure. 
Then free or undulate the spine and breathe fully. Optimal functioning of the autonomic nervous system involves cueing your interoceptors, the sensory nerves in the organs and blood vessels for safety and ease, locating yourself. So important for us, again, to hear this, that we need to prepare, we need to have our own routines that we do so that we're really ready to help others heal. Compose the body, the space around the body and between bodies. The whole room is another quote on this page. Getting yourself prepared and getting your space prepared. What are your routines for that? Hopefully they involve conversation with God and prayer over the space and prayer over yourself and your students or your clients that you're going to be meeting with. Engaging place and people, it goes on to say, extend your eyes, energies, and awareness to the specifics of the theater or performance space the specifics of the room you're working in. Be sure to include the audience area. Avoiding that dimension in warm-up creates an energy block at the front of the stage. So envision your students being there. Where's the space that they are going to be? Envision your client. Is your client going to be sitting on a chair across from you or somewhere else in the room? Expand your awareness to encompass the whole space, thus connecting with community. Open your skin, even your attention to others, to an imaginary audience. Let your energy flow as you see and are seen. And then stay grounded. So there's this symbiotic relationship between energy flowing out, energy coming in, and you staying grounded in your interactions. Wow. Another quote says, notice what delights you. Cultivate generosity in every cell. The generous giving and pouring out of yourself in your session. Going on, at the top of page 183, Nancy Stark-Smith says, In performance, I want to be inspirable rather than inspiring. Hmm. Let's think about that. Be ready for surprises. You never know what will happen in a performance, in the class that you're teaching, in the session you're working in. Let the dancing, let the moving teach you. If you're responsive, you're responsible. The invitation is to inhabit the choreography or improvisational structure freshly each time. Performing, not preforming. This involves spontaneity and awareness, staying open to transformative states, Allowing yourself to be touched by your work. There is a sum of the parts for the choreographer and the dancers. Experience adds up by the end. And something happens along the way that changes you. This is the transformative nature of 
being in that relationship with those you are working with, whether it's your students or your clients or people in general, as we go through this performance of life, something happens along the way. And if your heart and mind and soul and spirit are open to it, it will change you. They end the main part of the text by talking about the practice of bowing. Now, of course, in a, a yoga class, we don't necessarily bow at the end or in a session with a client, we don't bow at the end. But listen to this. It says, consider your intention with the bow. Bowing communicates relationship between you, the work, and the audience. It's a thank you to the work itself and to those who gathered to watch or be a part of it. Bowing has a ritual implication. It's a liminal, transitional time and space between the extraordinary realm of the theater and the return to ordinary life for both performer and audience. Addressing the bow as part of the arc of performance lets you communicate your perspective on the process and meaning of the work itself. So for us in a yoga class, think about the end of your class. Most often you have some final words to say to your students, some final thoughts to give to them maybe even a benediction of sorts, a final prayer that you say over them. And then most of us end with an honoring statement, something like the light and love and grace of God in me honors that same light and love and grace in you. And then we end with namaste or peace or shalom. That is the bow that we take. It involves the communication, the relationship between us, the work that we're doing with our students or clients, and them. It's fascinating. So let's go on to our three active parts of today. The first one being to do titled Tuning Stillness and Moving Warm-Up, about 20 minutes. Tuning practices are ways to enter one's physicality at any moment, a kind of pre-technique. They offer time to locate one's appetite and desire for physical engagement before taking on any kind of direction or organizing your movement for a purpose. So again, this is the pre-work that we do. Take time for yourself to arrive in your body. At the very least, stop talking. Follow your body's desire for stillness or moving. Stretch, running, resting. Without changing what you're doing, notice your attention. The activity in your eyes, are they open, closed, looking, seeing, watching, resting? Notice your breathing. How important is that? Organize yourself to constant moving. Unbroken movement for five minutes. How do you know you're moving? Do you repeat anything? And then pause for two minutes. 
scan the sensations of the body in this composition and extend the senses as far as you can in all directions into space. What is moving when the physical body is still? Moving again when you want to, alternate stillness and moving on your own timing, following your own body's desire for stimulation. Are you starting to notice a pattern when you do that? Begin. When you are moving, your eyes are closed. When you are still, your eyes are open, but not moving. What changes first, your eyes or your body? Is there a pattern there? What happens if you speed up? Now invert the relationship. Eyes open when moving, closed when still. What changes now in your appetite? The desire to move? What does vision offer? Bring others into the space, into your awareness. Are you composing? Are you following? Are you just playing? Finally, what are your strategies for surviving the activities? Hmm. Let's go on to the section called To Dance, titled Thresholds, taking about 15 minutes. As soon as I heard this title, I was immediately connected to one of our other textbooks for our Dance and Embodied Movement course called The Wisdom of the Body. Because on page 37 of that book, the author talks about this monastic tradition and practice called statio. And she describes it like this. The space or movement between. A place of possibility. The pause on the threshold between spaces. So whenever I think of thresholds, I think of this beautiful opportunity for pause to let go of something and to receive something else. As stated in our book, thresholds are connectors. It goes on to say, in a studio, find a doorway that interests you. Walk through the threshold. Notice the approach the passing, and the aftermath. Keep walking and explore these things. What is the threshold between walking and moving? What is the threshold between moving and dancing? Between dancing and performing? Performing and being? Being and walking. Take time to explore all of these. The threshold is such a beautiful metaphor. Now, as you move, continue to explore what's the threshold between walking and moving, between moving and authentic movement, between movement and performing, performing and meditating, meditating and being. Explore all of these and any other thresholds that capture your imagination and notice responses in your body I would add, in your mind, in your spirit, in your soul. Finally, the last section to write is titled, What's Your Relationship to Performance? Taking about 20 minutes. It says, now consider what performing means to you. Start with a prompt such as, when performing, I, 
And of course, we could say, when teaching, I, or when counseling, I, and then keep writing, like an incantation or induction. Then change it to, when performing, teaching, counseling, I don't, and keep writing. Surprise yourself. Don't edit. Learn what you think. Then describe three performances you have seen or danced, three classes you have watched or taken part in, three counseling sessions you have observed, and note something that you learn from each. I just want to end with a couple of important keys from sidebars in this day. One is called useful words, and it's about being comfortable as a performer. So us being comfortable as teachers, as leaders, as counselors and therapists. This performer got some feedback where the feedback said things like, be a real person, work from the inside out. And the last one, perform or teach or counsel like you're eating a hamburger. Like being in that place, in that role, is totally natural to you. And then the last one, finding home. I really resonated with this, where it says some dancers are far more comfortable on stage than in casual conversation with another person. When I enter this space, even with results unknown, I feel a sense of familiarity. There will also be a risk, but also a deep sense of calm, like coming home. So whether you are that person that needs the imagery of eating a hamburger to feel natural in your role, or you're like me and you feel very comfortable on the stage of life, Remember that all of life is this performance. So be prepared, be ready, and then be willing to be used by God in this way for the healing and wholeness of your audience, your students, your clients. It's so good.